0: Welcome, everyone, to Millennials and Money Cafe, where we create events to empower, inspire, and motivate millennials to love, live, and matter. My name is Marilyn O'Malley of MarilynO'Malley.com, and I am a tapping into wealth and success transformation coach for highly sensitive and creative millennial entrepreneurs and professionals. And today, I want to introduce you to my amazing guest, Michael Grandin Eddy. And he is not your ordinary magician. With performances on national and international television, in arenas, casinos, the, and theaters around the country, with Oscar winning composers and symphony, symphony orchestras for NFL halftime shows and major sporting events while surrounded by 70,000 people for Fortune 500 companies and even at the White House. This man is amazing. Michael has made a name for himself around the world as an extremely talented and innovative illusionist and entertainer. Michael is currently starring in both Masters of Illusion now on its second season on the CW channel, and the new Don't Blink series on Pop TV, both airing nationally and internationally. And it all started when he received a magic set for Christmas at five years old. Today, Michael is here to tell us about his world of magic, how he got there, and how he's was able to magically transform that magic set into the realization of his childhood dream. Welcome, Michael.
1: Marilyn, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on.
0: Oh, I I I I'm, I'm like so honored and so excited. I'm just and I'm sure everybody else who's going to uh be listening to this is will be sitting on the edge of their seat like they're watching one of your shows. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm wondering if you'll share some of your story about uh, starting at that five-year-old magic set.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know what? I'm really lucky. Uh, you know, I, it, it's, it's one of those things you don't realize at the time, but looking back on it, I was so lucky to find my passion in life very early on. Uh, like a lot of kids, I got a magic set for Christmas. I was five years old. And it wasn't even something that I really asked for. I don't remember saying, you know, uh, you know requesting a magic set as a, as, a, as a present. But I think it's one of those things that, uh, you know, the, it was just thought that I would like. I think like a lot of kids, you know, get that type of a gift. But I was drawn to it. I was instantly drawn to it. And everything else, you know, I got it for Christmas and everything else that year just kind of disappeared, if you pardon the expression. Mm-hmm. And I was just <laughs> focused on that magic set. And it really shaped my life. I mean, everything I did from that point on was focused on, you know, moving forward with my goal of being a magician. So, uh, you know, all throughout my kind of growing up years, elementary school, certainly, you know, middle school, and then and then high school and college, it was all about growing and, 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 you know, expanding my work as a magician. So that was a, you know, I was lucky to have that turning point very early on.
0: Well, and how did, how, did you even know what a magician was then at the, I mean, did, did it like just hit, like, right, this is what I'm doing the rest of my life.
1: Yeah. Is this is well, who I'm going to
0: become. I, I'm going to grow into, or?
1: Well, I think a lot of kids of that age have, you know, dreams of what they want to do, whether they want to be a, a football player, <laughs> they want to be an astronaut, or they, you know, I think, you know, everybody, you know, kids uh, have such vivid imaginations. So when I said I'm going to be a magician, I felt it. I truly meant it but I think a lot of people around me thought it was just like a mm-hmm. you know like like a typical childhood fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew very solidly that that's what I wanted to do. Mm. And there was never at any point in my life, you know, from that point even growing up as I became a, a, a you know a young adult, there was there was never a plan B. There was never a well, if I don't do magic, maybe I'll do this. It was just there was no question in my mind this is what I'm going to do. I had to figure out a way to do it, but it was just, I just knew wholeheartedly that that was my, you know, that was my passion in life that I wanted to follow.
0: Mm. Well, and, and so that's, you know, like you were just saying, a lot of, a lot of kids have dreams about what they want to do, and then those dreams fall to the side, but you kept your dream, and so I'm wondering how you could, if you could share how you kept that dream alive, and what it took for you to get from there to where you are today.:
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's Well, you know, I the, the fun thing about magic, I think about any passion that people find, is that there is so much information out there. There's so much to learn, there's so much to do. Um, I was very driven in finding everything I could about magic. I would go to libraries, the school library. Uh, My parents found a magic store in downtown Pittsburgh, where I'm from. And every couple of weeks, my dad would take me there. And, you know, I would get magic books. And I would always look up, you know, every week when the television listings would come, I would go through and see if magicians were going to be in any TV shows. I was very hungry for information about magic. And there's so much out there that I just kept finding more and finding more and finding more. And, And everything I found, it just enhanced my love of and my fascination with magic. Mm -hmm. So I became more excited as I, as I went on, uh, as as time went on. And, you know, I, I, I'll tell you a quick story. I did my first show when I was five years old. (laughs) I was a very shy kid. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of, a lot of kids tend to be shy. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and I certainly was one of the, one of them. And so I took this, this magic set I got for Christmas in for show and tell in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And I was, very nervous. I can still remember to this day sitting there and being really scared to get up in front of, you know, the group of, of, your fellow classmates and teachers. And I remember a girl got up before me with the same magic set. And I remember thinking, oh man, I am in trouble here. Um, but for some reason, when I went up, it worked. I mean, I remember the kids smiling and reacting and the teachers smiling and, you know, for a shy kid, you go, okay, this is to have that kind of positive reaction. You go. This is what I want to do. This is you know. You just get a taste of that of uh, being able to give that to an audience, and, and again, you're hooked. Mm-hmm. So I I you know I, I was very driven to to constantly learn more, as I said, and I would I would um you know spend any allowance money I had on going to the magic store and buying finding new magic, <clears throat> and then when I was you know in my early well I not even my teens yet I was about eleven or twelve. <clears throat> excuse me my voice is disappearing when I was about 11 or 12 um I did my first public magic show for a neighborhood event and it was the first time I actually got up in front of um a group at that you know at that point and a group of adults and basically did a show and from there it kind of snowballed locally where I would get hired for you know children's events and company parties and you know outdoor picnics in the summertime and it just kind of kept growing. One show led to the next, and led to the next. And before I knew it, it you know, thirteen, I was a pretty busy working magician throughout Pittsburgh. Wow. And it's funny, again, looking back on it, you go, "Wow, the, the support I had from the community." Mm-hmm. To be thirteen, you know, when you're thirteen, you you, you I, I didn't realize I was just a kid. You just feel like you're doing your thing. But they would hire this kid to come in and, and entertain at all their functions. Uh-huh. Um, I could never do what I'm doing if it wasn't for all that support I got in those days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would just do, and then it became, then, you know, Marilyn, my goal became how do I always go beyond what somebody my age is doing? You know, when I was 15, I didn't want to look like a 15-year-old magician. So how do I make my show bigger? How do I make it better? Um, Again, becoming very goal-driven and very proactive in not just being content with, the norm it was about how do i go a little further you know we started to add music to the show and i started you know where some of the magic was performed in music and i started to bring in other people friends of mine at that age who would kind of act as assistants and uh you know girls uh would would uh i would hire them to to cut in half and you know we started putting big illusions in the show and um so it was always about how do i go beyond so it was a very focused driven goal-minded uh, period it, I mean it's still very much like that but I think that's you know one of the things that allowed me to get from that starting point to certainly progressing down the path
0: yeah well wow, thank you so you covered a lot and I just sort of want to uh, I'm gonna recap in, a, in a, a little bit way for for people listening that to number one to see that Michael had a big focus. he had a focus he had he had goals he set goals he he had a dream and he persevered it. You know, he, he added to it. He kept fueling it and and um and and I, I love it, Michael. And then and then the experience of being shy, uh, and then but you put yourself out there which helped build your confidence over time. Like you weren't you weren't confident at first. You had to build your confidence by doing it over and over again and putting yourself out there. Right.
1: Very much. Very much so. You know, and it was, and it wasn't a, it wasn't an overnight process. It wasn't a doing one show and, and I felt completely confident kind of thing. I mean, it was honestly, I would say it, it took, it took years. I mean, to really, and I think it's like that for a lot of people. But you know, you really, you know, it takes a lot of time to get to, to get used to being comfortable, being at ease up there, learning what to do, learning what not to do. And, and now I got to tell you, I'm, I, you know, I am. Uh, my happiest point in life is on stage in front of the audience. I just, I just love it. I love it.
0: There we, there you go. There's proof. You can go from shy to loving being on stage and having the attention. Can I ask you, like, you know, that five year old, what he got from the, you know, the kindergartners smiling at him, and and like, what do you get? Like, is it the, is it the appreciation? Uh, you know uh for for what you do and what you've learned is it entertaining them is it you know what is it that you that that feeds you from working with an audience
1: you know it it was you know if we're looking back in those days during that first show when i was five it was the positive uh response it was a smile i mean i always had good relationships with my classmates and those you know but it was, it was being able to make them happy, make them smile. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when you're shy, you're not very outgoing. You're not, you know, certainly the life of the class. So to be able to, I mean, I wasn't paralyzingly shy, but I was definitely reserved and quiet. Um, and, and so to be able to, I think, see, to be able to give people that uh, very uh, kind of visual, positive uh, reaction, to see that in them, to see them happy, to see them amazed uh, you know, I think that's, that's a unique thing for somebody who's shy. And to this day, that's what I love about what I do. It's not about, you know, my love of performing, my my love of, like I said, being on the stage is not about the attention for myself. It, It is about being able to, uh, give the audience that sense of amazement, that sense of wonder, that sense of, you know, kind of letting go after a, what could be maybe a very long day of work or a very long day of school or very long and letting them just sit back relax and enjoy um and i love that and you can see that on people's faces you know you can see as the show progresses sometimes people come in if we do a show on a friday night and it's been a long work week you see people who are tired and you see them maybe a little stressed. and as the show goes on you see them lightening up and then you see them smiling and relaxing and you know to be able to do that for people is um and to be able to amaze people Mm-hmm. Is it, I love that, I really do.
0: So you're so you're not only transforming things up on stage, but you're transforming the energy of the room and people and how people are feeling.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think it, at its at its essence, that's what a magician does, you know. And that's certainly my motivation. Everything that we put in our show is all about what can we do to give the audience the biggest and the most, you know. Effective response possible. The most, the strongest feeling of amazement possible. That's what it's about. It's about giving the audience that sense of amazement. Mm. That comes first. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. And are you amazed by what you can do, or what you end up doing? Like, you know, are are you amazed? Like you're, you're doing what you're doing now, and and, and the ideas you come up with and, and thinking there's, you know, what's next and it's beyond your imagination.
1: Well, you know, I feel very lucky. I feel very fortunate that I've, that I've, you know, that I get to live out my essentially my childhood dream. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it wasn't, it was a lot of work and we'll certainly, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But you know, what I feel today is just, um, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I get to, to wake up every day and do something that I love I don't take it for granted. Um, You know, it's not a given and I continue to work very hard at it, but I am very, you know, it's not lost on me that I'm a lucky guy that I get to, you know, fill my life with, with something that I love to do. And I wish it on everybody. And I I think that's out there for everybody. You know, I think everybody has a passion and I think everybody has the ability to find it and certainly follow it. Uh, And I think that's really important in life
0: hmm. Well, and I think also one of the things like you were following a passion because you loved it. You weren't following the passion to make money with it. And even though right. today you're successful, very successful and, and, you know, make good money doing what you do. But it wasn't, um, you know, that wasn't your initial uh, entry.
1: That's true. That's right. That's a hundred percent right. And I think ask anybody this, this, that question. And I think their answer will be the same is that, you know, passion drives it. <clears throat> the, the success and, and, you know, the being able to sustain yourself from it co- will, will ultimately come. I think if you are doing something that you love, because that's where people do their best work Right. is when they're wholeheartedly into it. And, you know, I work 17 hours a day, seven days a week. <clears throat> that's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't seem like, you know, work, I, you know, I, I really love it. And I think that's what enables me to put that kind of time and that kind of focus into it. And I think it's the same for everybody. So, you know, I, it's it just, uh, you know, I, again, it goes back to being grateful to be able to do it.
0: Right. Well, and, but there's a lot of people out there that are saying, I have stuff I want to do and that i love and that I'm passionate about, but I don't believe I can make money doing it. What would you say to them? Well, since you know, we talk it's, it's, about perception.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's a really good question. You know, first of all, somebody told me once a long time ago, they said, don't know what you can't do. Don't know what you can't do. And I had to think about that. You know, I think, what does that mean? And then it hit me that a lot of the limits that are on people are kind of put on themselves. They're not really limits that are out there in, in the world, but they're limits, you know, if we believe something to be a limit or if we believe we can't do something, There might as well be a brick wall in front of us. So, you know, I I think that, you know, if there's something that somebody wants to do, I will be the first person to tell them to go for it. Go for it. You know, even if you don't make a career out of it, just being around it, being involved with it, you're going to be a happier, more fulfilled person with it. Even if magic wasn't my business, wasn't my livelihood, it would still be a huge part of my life and it would still bring tremendous happiness to my life. So, you know, I think that's point number one is, is, you know, find your happiness first, right? And that's gonna lead to a very content life, number one. Number two, as far as making money from it, I think that there are, you know, if we're looking at a business standpoint, depending on what it is, there are a lot of ways to go. You know, if it's a physical product, there are many ways you could, you know, uh, come up with to sell it, to bring it to the market, to advertise it in in unique ways. The same as if it's a service um, or it may be something that, you know, if it's not something to physically sell to people, maybe it's something that's, maybe you give classes, maybe you're a coach of some type, maybe you're, you know, I think there are, whatever your passion is, I think there is a way to, to grow and expand that in your life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I always tell people, I kind of try and pass on that same advice. Don't know what you can't do. There is certain, I've never found one person, never. Who said to me, "You know what? I wanted to do this, but I tried and I just couldn't do it. Never, because if you try, you are gonna you're gonna move forward. Mm-hmm. You know, you just are. Mm-hmm. So that's the first. That's the thing is, you know, go for it. You have to.
0: Yeah, great, great advice. And you are a role model for that, showing that. You know, you've worked, you've kept working at this and have not settled and you never gave up and you didn't, you didn't, uh, you just kept following your passion and what was in your heart and what interests you and excited you and it, and it, and it rewarded you through that experience.
1: Yeah. You know, and and I, looking back once again, life would have been so different had I not found magic. I mean I'm sure it would have been a positive experience I come from a very supportive family and as I said earlier a very supportive community but magic shaped everything so you know it really really has played a you know major role um you know in my life there I, I can barely remember a time where magic wasn't in my life
0: mm. so
1: you know it it uh, <laughs> it's it's had a big effect on me
0: yeah so um so Michael has the, you know, what you've learned about magic and, and create and illusions has, has that perception of being the magician helped you in creating your own reality, your own success reality, your own health reality, your own love reality, um, et cetera.
1: Well, you know, I, I think it, it's, it's brought a lot to my life and I think it's, it's kind of fed all those other areas you know it's allowed me again to be a very i wake up every morning excited to get to work excited about what i do and i think that brings you know when you when you have that kind of positivity in your mindset um i think that does fuel all your other areas for sure you know and as i've continued to work over the years on building my magic building our show uh you know building the business that, that you know that that we have um You know, it's been a tremendous learning experience that is I've been able to take like bits and pieces of what I've learned and and apply it to other things. You know, one of the things I always tell people, too, is as you're going down this path and working towards your goals, always uh, kind of be like a sponge, absorb every piece of information that you get along the way and, you know, realize and try and remember what works for you and what doesn't work for you. That's very, very important. And that's one of the huge benefits, I think, of going, of, of following any uh, you know goal of, of going through this process of, of, you know, of again, setting a goal and going after it is learning what works, learning what doesn't work, and carrying that with you as you continue to move forward. And I think that certainly, for me, has been one of the biggest benefits of, of you know, my life's path, is that I've had a lot of trial and error that has, I think, really helped me to Uh, you know, in all areas overall as a person. So, um, you know, hopefully that answers the question, but I, I, you know, I I think that, yeah, magic in my, in my, my role as a magician really has affected my entire life.
0: Well, and I somewhat going a little bit, I was looking at, you know, like one of the things I think you have to do is you have to pay attention to a, a lot of details, right? like you're absolutely you have to so so your your perception is very you have to be very much in the moment you have to be conscious (laughs) a a lot you can't you can't space out in in when you're creating your things or when you're oh no and you're very goal oriented like like this is this is the next step and then this is the next step so that's what i'm wondering whether you're the perception of like how you put your illusions together, the things that you've learned about the mind and how it works—that's what I was asking. Like th- those things that you've learned, um, you know, uh, have those helped you informing how you put your life to work for you?
1: Oh yeah, because magic is all about details. They're, you yeah. know, magic—the magic. magic. The, the magic uh, You know, the uh, the art of magic and the business of magic both are all about details. You know, it's not like if you're a musician or if you're in a band and you hit one wrong note in a song, you can kind of keep going and you're fine. Mm -hmm. If you're a magician and one thing goes wrong on stage, it breaks the whole illusion of the magic, number one. Or number two, if you're doing something dangerous, I mean, it could have a really disastrous effect. So you have to be on top of those details 100 percent all the time um, with no break, with no, um, you know, going easy on it one day or another, you, you have to really monitor the details all the time. And and I tell the people who work with me the same thing, and they're very, you know, they've become very detail oriented as well because of the necessity of it. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, one of the biggest takeaways from what I do is that you're, you know, you start to think of these details, all the time, you know, and that, that really is how my mind works now too. It it just, you know, I'm thinking of many different details all the time, I think, because I'm so used to Mm -hmm. doing that with, because of the show that we do.
0: Right. Right. So let's stop. So why don't you tell us what you're, what you're up to now and what, what you're, uh, what you're really excited about and, um, how people can find you, what, if you have got some shows coming up so they can see you and, um, I saw some wonderful magic on, on your YouTube channel too. It was, um, uh, so it's amazing if they want to catch you, uh, want some immediate gratification, go to his, his YouTube channel. But what, what are you, um, working on? You've been in the, and what's it like to, to do the, you know, uh, illusions at the White House and, and, in the MBA and et cetera, and.
1: Well, I tell you, it is it is well. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll start with the, the the back end of your question. It's amazing. I mean, the White House was it was a thrill. I mean, the president was about fifty feet away, <laughs> and you know, it, we had to go through Secret Service who had to examine all of the equipment, and you know, there's a very strict regulations. No fire, you know, affects anything we do because some of the routines we do have some fire in them and so forth. So we had to really adjust our show to fit. Obviously, the conditions, but completely understandable. Um, it was it was amazing. I mean, it was one of those things that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Um, the same with the stadium shows and the the arena shows we do. When we walk out on the on the field of these stadiums or the arenas when we do the basketball halftime shows, we were just in Chicago this past year doing the Chicago Bulls uh, playoff game halftime,
0: mm-hmm. and you
1: walk out there, and I, you know, it just. <laughs> The, the, I, I can't even put in the words the, the the thrill of it. You just get I get chills talking about it now. It it never gets old. It never gets uh, you know just it, it is exciting each and every time that we do it. And again, you know I hope people listening to this will be motivated to find whatever gives them that same feeling because I wish that for everybody. Uh, but it's it is it's great. It's great, and that's one of the things that I love about what I do is, is finding places to take magic. And I think that's one of the things that keeps me motivated is you never reach the point where you go, okay, I've been there and done that. There are just a million things to do and a million places to go. Uh, you know, in today's world with the access we have to everything with the internet, I think the sky's the limit on where we can go, who we can contact, who we can reach. And again, it's like that for any any business or endeavor people are doing. So no, those those are memories and experiences that I'll never forget and we're working on more we're working we're traveling all the time. I travel about eighty percent of the year all over the country and internationally as well. Uh, we do shows for everything from NFL football games to the the NBA basketball games to shows with symphony orchestras in a couple of weeks we're going to be with the Huntsville Symphony Orchestra in Huntsville, Alabama doing magic uh, while the symphony play while the orchestra plays music to our illusions. Uh, we, you know, we do casino shows. So I always tell people, if you see, if you see us come to town, by all means, get in touch. I'd love for you to see the show. Um, you know, I'd love for people to see what we do. Uh, coming up, we have more television projects. We're working on two more projects for next year. I can't specifically tell you, uh, what they are just yet. Uh, but I will tell people, please, uh, keep your eyes open and stay tuned on those because I'm really excited for them. And then again if we're if you see a, if you see a magician with a big long Italian name coming to your town <laughs> probably me. So please do come and see us. I, you know, I would I would love that.
0: And they can find out where you're at on your website.
1: Yes, my website is michaelgrandinetti.com. and also on Facebook, you know, and social media. I always tell people please feel free to connect. Facebook I'm just Michael Grandinetti. Uh, Twitter I'm Grandinetti MG. Instagram I'm Michael Grandinetti. And, again, my website is michaelgrandinetti.com. And if anybody ever wants to get in touch, has any questions, you know, about following your goals, questions about magic, I love to hear from everybody.
0: Oh, great. And let me spell that, so for those people that don't know how to spell Grandinetti. So it's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-A-N-D-I-N-E-T-T-I.com. And also go to his YouTube so you can get pretty excited and see some of the stuff he's already done there. It's pretty, um, pretty amazing. Um, all right. And let me see. There was um, so we talked about I'm trying to think. So any um,
1: well I, I have to tell you too Marilla, yeah. one of the things that I forgot to mention is that the television shows that we have on now yes. Uh, I hope people get a chance to see, too, because, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of of with those shows is that there's shows that entire families can kind of, and people of all ages can can gather together and watch. And in today's TV landscape, I think that's pretty rare. Yes.
0: Uh,
1: you know, both shows are family-friendly, they're exciting, they're fun. They showcase magic from around the world. And, you know, one of the things we found is that people will DVR the shows and they'll play them back you know, families will play them back for their kids, like pretty much throughout the weekend to, to you know entertain their kids. And I love that. Uh-huh. So, you know, I think that uh, if people have a chance to see both those shows that are airing, one is called Masters of Illusion on the CW and the other is called Don't Blink on Pop TV. Uh, Don't Blink will actually be back in, in the fall. Uh, I, you know, I hope people have a chance to see them and I, and I hope they enjoy them.
0: Oh, uh, I'm sure they will. And now that, uh, we're sharing all this, and we'll be spreading the word too. um You are such a delight, and I really um am so blessed that you took time to share with us today and you've been such an inspiration and a motivation and I'm sure to many just in even so entertaining and um with your with your work and your perseverance of of growing your profession and and growing yourself so Thank you so much for this opportunity, and I don't. Know if you have a, any last words you want to share with those millennials out there, feel free.
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you again for for your time and in interviewing me. I've, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Um, I truly appreciate your your kind words and your and your you know um, interest in our in our work. And for all the all the millennials out there, the biggest thing I would say is. You know, if there's something that you want to do, go out and do it. Look, if I can do it, if I could turn a magic set into a career that that I love, you know, anybody can follow their dreams and go after what they want. And that's not just words. It's really the truth. You have to have a plan, you know, and you have to set a goal. And as I said earlier, one of my biggest things was I was very goal driven. I would set and it wasn't. I would say I would have, certainly had a long-term goal, but I would set a bunch of short-term goals leading up to the long-term goal. So it became like a series of steps, and that's really what helped me move forward. Mm. And so I would say, you know, set a goal, set a long-term goal, set a series of short-term goals, and then don't know what you can't do. Get out there and do it. Don't be discouraged. You know, it, it, you're going to hear no's. You're going to you know you're going to get turned down at times. That's just part of the experience. It's part of life. But, you know, anytime I heard a no uh, in in what I was doing, it always, I looked at it as a positive because I tried to figure out, okay, why did, you know, where did the no come from? What wasn't working that made them say that? And sometimes, quite honestly, it's not even your fault. It's just, you know, you're you're not what that person was looking for at that point in time. Um, Stay on the path, persevere, move forward. And you know what you, I guarantee you'll get further than I think you ever thought that you will. So I wish for everybody, the experience of following their passion, there's nothing more satisfying in life. So, you know, I would just say, go for it.
0: Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to end on that beautiful note. And, um, thank you again, Michael. And, um, Everybody go and see his work and go to his website and, and share what, with him what you got out of this conversation and um, enjoy life and uh, love, live, and matter, everyone. Thank you so much.